1: Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. Check out my website, Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two D's, T-U-D-D-L-E.net. Now, when you go there, you're going to be able to find everything about me online, social media, my email, everything about me can be found at Tuttle.net. Now, uh, before I move on, I want to thank my NOAA sponsor, Billy, I had him on the show yesterday Billy from vaporshades.com that's v a p o r shades s h A-D-E-S dot com. A lot of people loved his appearance on the show and it was kind of cool to meet somebody because I don't meet a lot of people that remember me from being on The Crow in Daytona Beach working with Ron and Fez. It was a smaller radio station. It was the smallest radio station I ever worked on because after The Crow, every radio station that I was on was at least a 100,000 watt radio station and I think the crow might have maybe been 50,000 but that station was so fucking good people I wish they would bring it back I, I mean we're already over flooded with all these country stations and we could use a real a real true and blue alternative rock station in Central Florida. And we don't have that anymore. We really don't. I mean, I know we have WJRR, but that is a straight rock station. But that was nice. So make sure you check out his website. I was on Tom and Dan today and I was able to mention VaporShades.com and Billy actually told me they got a lot of orders in. Now, when you go to VaporShades.com, make sure you use the promo code Tuttle, Tuttle with two D's, T-U-D-D-L-E. And I think that Get you maybe 10 to 15% off on your purchase. But, you know, show up huge for me. Billy had faith in me. Billy took the leap of faith to be able to spend money to support my show. And I want to be able to prove to him that it was well worth his money. So go to VaporShades.com, buy yourself a pair. They're very affordable. They are great quality. Don't think because they're cheaper you're getting cheaper stuff. No, you're not. This is your best value you're going to get when you go to (laughs) VaporShades.com. You heard me mention earlier that I was on the Tom and Dan show earlier today for my monthly visit. I've been trying to get a hold of Tom. Now, also, I I got to back up. I, you have to be careful. You can't talk about things. You can't like put anybody in a bad light at all. And that's not what I'm doing with Tom. I love Tom and Dan. I will never, ever have anything bad to say about those two guys because I basically cut my teeth in radio. Well, you know what? I might have been working maybe three or four years before Tom even came into the mix at Real Radio. But Daniel, Daniel is one of my mentors in radio. He's one of the reasons that I did get into radio. Ron and Fez, I was a big Ron and Fez fan, but Daniel, Daniel was from my part of the area, from Belusia County, in the city, adjacent. And to delay on springs the land. The reason that I really got into it because Daniel's dad used to come to Win dixie and buy fried chicken and donuts from my mom in the bakery. And Daniel's dad brought in a hat that Daniel had given his dad to give to me from Real Radio 104.1. And I was like, yes, if this guy, if Daniel Dennis from Belusia County, one of the most talented radio guys I've ever had the opportunity to work with, if he can make it, then you know what? I can make it as well, too. And that that was the thing that made me jump in with both feet and get that internship with Ron and Fez show. So Daniel is always going to be a mentor to me. And Tom, Tom is one of my good friends. The guy came to my wedding, I paid for a room, and he did the same thing for me. When he got married down in Miami, he paid for my room. So I know that we always competed against each other, but we are really good friends. We both went through a lot of bullshit to be able to get to where we are. Tom, fortunately, made it a lot quicker than I did. He blew up. People love Tom, especially when he was Drunky the Bear. And for what Tom and Dan did, I don't think you guys realize, just Take a step back and think about this. Think about this, people. They both worked on the most, there's no debating it. They worked on the most popular radio show in Orlando and maybe top three in the state of Florida. Both had great gigs. Both had great contracts. I think Daniel was about to sign one of the biggest contracts he ever had in his radio career and he walked away from it. Tom had to work out the rest of his contract, but when that was done... He walked away from real radio. They walked away from the biggest radio station, the biggest show in Orlando to go out on their own and start something with this podcast with A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan and and I was there with them they started that show probably a little 2008 was doing it for a while and I was helping out one of the first big guests that they ever got musical guests that came into the studio was Joshua Radin and then Jessica Stavely Taylor did that performance of Mexico on the show holy shit every once in a while I'll go back and watch that interview. If you want to find it, you can easily do that by going to my YouTube account, TuttleTV.com. That's Tuttle with two D's, T-U-D-D-L-E-TV.com. But that's all up there. So I was helping out. And the only reason I stopped helping out was because I got shit from Real Radio and I had to go to Tampa and work over there. So I had to stop working on the Tom and Dan show and the rest is history. They got a great lineup around them. Sam, Sam is amazing. I don't know Dobson too well. I, I'm sure he's a great guy. Tom and Dan wouldn't have him around if he was not. So they're doing well. They don't need me there. You, know, you want me to be honest out of the kindness of their heart? They're doing me a humongous favor by allowing me to come on their podcast and plug my show. And I do apologize, Daniel. I did not know what we recorded today was going to be on the terrestrial show. So I did not mean to curse. I, You know, and this is a little unknown fact, people. I have not been able to be on the terrestrial show that Tom and Dan do because I maybe burned we too many bridges pissed a lot of people off, especially Russ Rollins, but me and Russ were cool now. Tom and Dan could not have me on the terrestrial show because out of respect to Russ, they couldn't do it. But now that me and Russ are friendly, they're able to have me on the show that they do at nights on Real Radio 104.1. Now, if you guys don't know this, Tom and Dan, I think, maybe do three shows a day. They do a subscription show for the uh, BDMs, Big Dick Millionaires. Then they do a free show. Then they do a show that's on the terrestrial show at real radio 104 point think about this guys i know i'm saying that a lot they left real radio to start their podcast they became so big the station that they left the station that they left and told hey thanks but no thanks we're gonna go do our own thing actually brought them back I mean, that's got to be a goddamn great feeling. I know it would be for me, and I know Tom and Dan probably wouldn't admit it, but I would get so much satisfaction that the station that I left to go start my own endeavor after I did that, that I did such a great job. They want to pay me money to come back after I left. I told him I didn't need him. That—that's like a girlfriend that you cheated on, and you went on to go to bigger and better things, and then that girl comes back and still wants to give you some shit on the side, and you do it. I know. And listen, I know I'm not trying to be disrespectful to real radio, but I'm just trying to make that comparison for you. So I'm very fortunate that Tom and Dan have me on because I can see a difference. Goddamn, I can see a major difference whenever I make an appearance on their show because my downloads, my streams are through the fucking roof and it's all thanks to Tom and Dan. But I was on their show today. I'm going to be on once a month and I cannot thank them enough for having me on. They don't need to do that. They're way up here and I'm way down here. They're doing this because I'm friends with them and I'm very appreciative of it. And I have a blast. I think I'm entertaining when I'm on a mediocre time with Tom and Dan. I just don't want to come on and plug stuff. I want to be able to provide content. I want to be able to provide compelling radio and make people laugh. And I think I do that. I make Tom and Dan laugh. I got a big laugh out of Daniel today with my Steve Harvey teeth comment when it came to Tom Van. Dude looks like he has had some teeth work done. I've always thought Tom had amazing teeth, but it looks Looks like those things are big and white, like he had some crowns pin on every single one of those chiclets of his. And it looks amazing. I am not talking shit, man. I wish I had teeth like that, but I don't. But I guess that's what happens when you are a successful podcaster. You get dental, you get insurance, you get health care, you get all that. And that's good because Tom and Dan have busted their ass to get there. But it just seems like Tom loves to bust my balls when I come on the air, which is fine. I mean, me and Tom have known each other for a very, very long time and we that's how our relationship has always been and I love him to death. Like I'm so proud of Tom. The guy, the guy did stunts in between porn scenes. That's how he got to start and now of what he has become, it's absolutely one of the biggest success stories in Central Florida when it comes to entertainment and and I I couldn't be prouder of him. So I was on today I've been trying to get a hold of Tom because I had this business idea, this promotion, this event that I wanted to do because 10 years ago, me and Tom had an MMA fight. Now, a lot of you guys were oh, well, you guys pulled, but no, we did not. We planned I look, we did all those hardcore matches in the past. We beat the fuck out of each other, and we were going to go out and do that MMA fight, we were going to kind of stage it, but we weren't going to pull punches. It was going to be a straight-up shoot match, and right before we went out, the owner of the Predators, Brett Bushy, grabbed us, pulled us aside, and said, if you guys fake this, if I get any hint that any of this is staged, you're not going to get a goddamn thing. No money at all. And then we just looked at each other and we said, yep, we got to do what we got to do. And we went out there and it was pretty good. I mean, Tom was way heavier than me and and he did. I I hung in there pretty well for the first two rounds, but he caught me. He caught me big time in the third round and I've wanted a rematch. I wanted another shot because right now, even at 40, I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in in my life. There's no doubt about it. I don't know what it is. I've just been more determined to get myself healthy, work on myself mentally and physically. I'm still not there yet. I did a lot of damage to my body from all the stuff that I ingested, all the alcohol, all the drugs. I would take anything and everything. I would take shit that just random people would hand to me, and I wouldn't even ask any questions about it. That's how crazy and bad I was at one point. So I've had a lot of ground to make up when it comes to my health and my fitness. But right now, I'm pretty confident that I would be able to do better this time around. And we're obviously not going to be able to do it right now. Now with the whole COVID stuff going on, I think uh, later on down the road, we might be able to do this in my whole angle because working over with Bubba, you got to be a wrestling fan. I don't know what it is about Tampa, but Tampa is where all the wrestlers decided to live at. I don't know why. I would love to know if you if you have an idea why all the wrestlers seem to retire or hang out or live in Tampa. Email me Tuttle at gmail.com because I, I really would like to know. I'm very, very interested. It's just the way that it is. And when you're over there in Tampa, you got to be a wrestling fan. And my wrestling knowledge went through the roof during my time with Bubba. And I wanted to work a good angle. Tom is friends with Seth Petrozelli. I know Rob Kahn. I mean, we we are acquaintances. I wouldn't say we're really good friends, but Rob Kahn is an amazing guy. One of the nicest guys that I've ever met in my life. And you wouldn't know that he is a stone cold killer in the octagon or the ring, whatever it may be when it comes to his fighting. The dude trained under Hoyce Gracie. I look at that angle, Rob Kahn trains me, Seth Petrozelli trains Tom, and then maybe, hell, you know what, I don't even know if they're even in the same weight class, but hell, if they feel froggy, I don't need to be the main event. If Rob Kahn and Seth Petrozelli wanted to fight, hell yeah fuck do you realize how big of a crowd that we would get a regular tom and dan event draws like two or three thousand people what do you think it's gonna be where tom and me just beat the ever-living piss out of each other for your entertainment i'm telling you this has the potential to be one of the biggest events to hit Orlando in a very long time because people have been cooped up. People are looking to get out. People are looking to get out and be around people and see an event. And if we pulled this off, did it at the right time after this pandemic blows over... This event could be humongous. We could all cash in. We could all make a little bit of money. Plus, I would be able to promote my podcast. I could be in front of a humongous crowd and get some of that Tom and Dan rub, which I know, listen, I'll admit, I'm the low man on the totem pole right now, and I would love to get a little bit of that rub, a little bit of that Tom and Dan magic. Maybe it will catapult me into growing somewhere near their success when it comes to doing podcasts. Tom has way more to lose than I do. The guy on paper should beat the absolute shit out of me. The guy's bigger. Tom has that redneck strength. He doesn't even know better. Like he pulls off feats of strength that his body should not be able to pull off, but his brain just tells his body, you gotta poop this up. That's what you gotta do. Tom is strong as hell and he should be able to beat the ever living hell out of me. I also don't think Tom has seen me because let's be honest, I, I don't think he pays attention to my social media feed. He has not seen any of the pictures, but right now I'm doing pretty well. Like I said, I still got a lot of work to do. And by the time this fight goes, on, I'll be able to train. A lot of people don't know this. I was a wrestler. I was a varsity wrestler for two years in high school, and that was the best shape that I was ever in in my life. I mean, I made it to regionals. I made it past districts. The only reason I made it past districts is the top four wrestlers made it, and there were only four wrestlers in my district, in my weight class. So yes, I made it to regionals on a technicality, but I did win one match when I got to regionals up in Jacksonville. So I was able to be a little competitive. But the only reason I did wrestling was to get in shape for baseball. I have the tools. I have the knowledge of grappling. I have the knowledge of using people's weight against them. And I think that knowledge alone will give me the edge, especially now that I'm in shape. My cardio is up. I really think it would be a good match. But back to what I was saying, Tom has way more to lose. This guy is a big, humongous name in Orlando when it comes to providing energy. Entertainment, especially on the audio content level. So why would he even do this? That's like punching down. Either way, I get a lot out of this. I get the promotion. And like I said, when I talked to Tom on Tom and Dan today, I really don't even care if... Tom beats my face in. I'll go in there and take an ass whooping just to be able to get a payday and promote the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I'm down. Sign me up. I am desperate. I'm broadcasting. I'm doing a podcast. I've been doing radio for 20 years of my life. You would think that I would be further along than what I am right now. And guess what? I'm in Oak Hill, Volusia County, Florida, doing a podcast at a 2006 beat up PT cruiser in a place I call the motherfucking Hobo Fish Camp. Who's winning? Tom is winning. Tom's got a family. Tom's got a smoking hot wife. Tom's got two great kids. And you know what I got? I'm a 40 year old divorced white dude living in Oak Hill, Florida, regretting all my life decisions. And this guy is living up the life. So he has no reason to take this fight. Tom's a businessman. Tom likes making money. So that's why I thought maybe I had a chance. But after having the conversation with him today, I don't think that's happening. He really didn't seem interested at all. I don't know if Tom has just Gotten soft. Maybe he's been out of the stunt game for too long. He's gotten too fat and happy. And he deserves it because he's busted his ass to get where he is today. Let's go on one more ride, Tom. Let's go out with a bang. Let's do one last show and walk out of the ring together as champion. I might be out on a stretcher because, on paper, like I said, you should just beat the ever living hell out of me. But I'm willing to put my life on the line to promote this show that I'm working on this content, because this is how serious I am about it. I'm trying to build something because that whole radio thing I was doing just wasn't working out for me. I'm too much of a loose cannon and I end up getting myself fired. So maybe the best thing for me to do is work for myself and see how it goes. This could be another just lost cause, but I'm going to give it a try. And if it doesn't work out, maybe I'll go do something else. So I just want to thank Tom and Dan once again. They don't have to have me on. They're doing it and they're helping me out. And I can't thank them enough. So give them a listen. Go to their website, TomAndDan.com. Search A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan. They're available pretty much on every single podcast platform you could think of. And check them out. The guys are entertaining, talented as hell, and they're good
3: friends of mine. Want to support the show? Go to paypal.me slash on the radio. Have you considered owning your own restaurant franchise? Good Life Organics currently offers territories across the United States. Check out GLO Franchising. That's GLO Franchising on Facebook to sign up for an overview session today. Good Life Organics Franchising, a new partner of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tell them Tuttle sent you. Send them a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash GLO Franchising.
0: I recently caught up with a man whose home was broken into. Sir, can you please describe what happened in your own words? I can promise you we will not be twisting around your story like other media sources. How did the perpetrators come in?
2: Came in through the bathroom window.
0: What was going through your mind after you discovered that you had intruders in your home? There's
2: a
1: stranger in my house.
0: At one point the perpetrator stuck a gun to your head. What did they say? Don't turn around. After repeatedly pistol whipping you, they began to violate you. What exactly did the perpetrators scream out? You
2: so let's do it like they
0: do on the Discovery Channel. After they were finished, what did you say? To thank you. you actually thanked them? That's terrible. You said that they hogtied you and began jumping about the place stealing stuff. What were they singing?
3: This is how, we do
0: it. how did the perpetrators escape your home? One foot in front of the other. After being robbed, what do you find that you do now? i threw the load. What do you hope to accomplish by this news story? That's a terrible reason to be a part of a news story. Do you have any last words for anybody donating to any of your funds? Ten lawyers, guns, and money. Shit
3: has hit the fan.
0: Words to live by. Boy, what a lousy long bit that was. For CCA Productions, I'm a generic announcer.
1: Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Make sure you check out my YouTube channel. You can do that by going to TuttleTV.com. That's Tuttle with two Ds. t u d d l e TV.com I want to talk about something... You've heard me in the past. I've talked about what my dad did for a living. The guy barely graduated high school. He learned a trade. He went out, got an internship, became an ironworker, worked as an ironworker on a crew for a very long time. And then when he met my mom, he started his own business and was a real man's man. I'm not talking about any of this pussy shit where you got to wear a safety harness if you're above six feet. Hell no. He worked as an iron worker back in the day where these people were boots, pants, shirtless the whole goddamn day. Not one single bit of fall protection at all. The guy had perfect balance. He worked so many years as an iron worker, walking the beams, walking the angle iron, whatever it may be, and never had a fall in his life. Lucky, lucky for him because there's a lot of iron workers that get hurt. I was watching a documentary. About the Golden Gate Bridge as well as the Empire State Building. And they said that they lost up to five guys for every million dollars that they spent on construction. And that was just a cost of doing business. They they knew people were going to die, but they didn't have that fall protection. Now, the old timers, when I was working in, I, as an iron worker, they hated the fall protection. They thought that it was more of a hindrance. They thought that they were going to get hurt with that stuff because they couldn't move freely. The reason I'm telling you this story is my dad, he was an iron worker, never fell perfect balance. And as he's gotten older, his walking has deteriorated. It's gotten bad. It really has. And I've been trying to tell him, you know, he he's your stereotypical Southern man. Very proud of being a man. It bothers him, even though he does not say that it bothers him. I know it does. And and he just started staying inside. He he stayed seated all day Uh, throughout the day. He would just sit in his chair, watch TV and wouldn't get up and do anything because he didn't want to be embarrassed by getting up and walking. And it's gotten even worse because now he his legs are getting weak and he hasn't been working out. I was able to get him to agree. They have all the insurance, perfect healthcare, all that stuff, and he should be using it. And and I gave him the idea. I said, "Hey, what about getting a physical therapist to come see you and work with you?" He really didn't like the idea at first, but you know, I was able to get into his head. And he agreed to see a physical therapist. Now, yesterday was the first day that the physical therapist came and showed him the exercises. He did all the exercises with the nurse, the physical therapist, whatever you want to call the person. Oh, it was great. This guy, this physical therapist that came, we're big gator fans here at the Hobo Fish Camp. Me and my dad, that's one of the things we do every Saturday. Even when I was working on Bubba's show, I, during college football season, I drove across the state so I could be here during the weekend. So I could watch every single Florida Gator football game throughout the year with my dad because I did that all growing up. One of my favorite memories was going to Gators Dockside at Victoria Square in DeLand and watching the Gators beat the Seminoles, beat the brakes off the Seminoles 52 to 20 in that 1996 Sugar Bowl and win their first national championship. Hell, that's one of my favorite memories of watching Gator football with my dad. So I come over and watch that. But the, the physical therapist that came over, his son is actually a player at the University of Florida. He's a wide receiver last name. I never asked him. I wanted to, but I also didn't want to offend him or get too personal, but I wanted to ask him what his nationality was. But with everything going on with all the civil unrest, I didn't want to offend anybody, but his last name was T S E. Number 27, he's a slot receiver. I've never heard of him, but I'm going to have to pay attention now because he he was a Redshirt freshman, so this is technically his junior year and then has another year. But the last name is T S E. He was number 27. I think the physical therapist said that his son was changing to number 83, but I'm going to have to definitely check him out. But I think he's either Hawaiian from the Philippines or Asian descent somewhere around that Pacific Asian area. But the guy was extremely nice. He helped my dad out tremendously. And we we talked about Gators football, which made my dad more interested in trying. So my dad did those exercises and he did very well. And I didn't even have to ask my dad because he's supposed to do these exercises twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. And I didn't even have to ask my dad. I didn't have to remind him to do these exercises he was like hey uh Tuttle well Pat he calls me Pat he said hey can you help me with my exercises same thing today and we haven't done the second set of exercises yet but the first he said hey I'm ready to do my exercises and I can already see a difference because one of the main problems they thought that he was having is sitting around too long and not getting good blood circulation he gets shaky he does have diabetes When you have diabetes, you don't have the best blood circulation. So him just exercising and getting that blood moving is only going to help him. And I've already seen strides. I've already seen improvements. And the more and more he does this, the stronger he's going to get. And I do think his walking is going to get better. If you guys have any tips or advice, I'm open to them. I'm trying to do everything that I can. I'm trying to be like my dad's cheerleader. I'm giving him words of encouragement. I'm counting him down while he's doing the exercises. I'm telling him, good job. I'm proud of you. I'm doing everything that I can because it sucks to get old. It really does. It sucks even more. And and I know everybody's got to go through this. I, I, I know that I'm not like on my own. Everybody has to go through this. Everybody has to see their parents
3: get older. Is that a PT Cruiser down by the lake? Oh, no, wait. It's the Tuttle Podcast Studio. Or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. KSL
0: Records proudly presents Super Songs of the Quarantine, featuring hits like... All these COVID fits dead are the fucking shit's going to ruin, going to ruin The whole economy, all these COVID bits, dead are the fuck shit's a going to ruin, going to ruin the holy corner me. And who could forget? Wake up in the morning feeling kinda shitty, slip on my COVID-19 mask before I hit the city, before I leave, smoke some weed, and take two shots of jack, because shopping right now is so fucking whack. There's also... Even when COVID is not around, you know that we'll be bunkered down. We're bunkered down, still bunkered down. k Cell Super Songs of the Quarantine, available in record form and single only.
1: Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I'm really excited about my next guest. Now, I gotta admit, Rick, my next guest, Rick, who does a podcast talking mostly about SEC football, mainly the Georgia Bulldogs, he kind of got me into this podcasting thing because I did like a little show for him about the Florida Gators. And and I don't don't know if he liked it or not. I don't know if it was what he was looking for. But it got me the little bit of uh, the taste of wanting to do this podcast. And I wanted to have Rick on because with everything going on in college football, this guy knows his stuff better than anybody that I've known personally in a really long time
2: Rick what's going on Rick how are you hey what's up Toto? been a while since we talked but yeah that's uh that Florida podcast it was good it was just a little more than we wanted at the time we we're looking to yeah. build more SEC schools and you know but I, appreciate I get what it you did, reached out but yeah, I'm glad it kind of got you that bug in the podcasting.
1: Yeah, man. So um, now explain to people, because you do have a very popular podcast. Tell people how they can check it out
2: and tell people about it. It's uh, Right now it's a new show. It's a kudzu sport. It was a Nothing Finer pod. It had a pretty good Georgia show. Wait, Nothing Finer? For real? Yeah, nothing Nothing Finer was us, and uh, we expanded the SEC. It was hard mm-hmm. to be an SEC with the name Nothing Finer because it's kind of tied in with Georgia. <laughs> so we went to, we went to Kudzu, um, Auburn, Alabama. Auburn's only about 45 minutes away. University of Alabama's about four hours. And so we kind of take on more of them schools, that fan base, because we figured if nothing finer worked, then we want more fan bases. Mm-hmm. And also, like you, I love the Atlanta Braves. so We get to
0: talk oh, about the Braves man. on the show.
2: <laughs> so,
1: Dude, you know, we like I, I, sports. I need to get up to see a Braves game. And every, everybody asks me why you were a Brave fan. Living in Florida, why were you a Brave fan? And, and it's very, very simple, okay? Yeah. When, when I was in high school, we just got the Florida Marlins, okay? Now, I grew up. Now, it also helped that Chipper Jones' dad was my math teacher in um, okay. and, and high school. And, but TBS, you, if you did not, there were two sports teams, the Chicago <laughs> Cubs on WGN. Or the Braves on TBS. Those were the two big national teams that everybody watched because of those two networks. Right, and, and you're, and, my, and you're was, around
2: my age, so you remember the Braves were winning in the '90s. So they're a lot better to watch than the Cubs.
1: But hey, do you, do you want you know what though? One of my fondest memories, and and that's what's great about sports. You're a sports fan. You remember every goddamn detail of that boring yeah. event. Now for example, I came home early. It was one that we we had we had an early day from school and I made it home to see Gary Wood pitch against the Houston Astros when he had his 20 strikeout game. I watched every single end of the, that game. And I can tell you every tiny detail about watching that with my mom
2: that day. It, it, yeah. it's,
1: it, do you have that connection with, with oh. sports? I think that's why people like sports.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's, it can be a song, just like any memory. I mean, you can hear a song and it take you back to a memory. And um, I've told people before, the SEC championship two years ago and the national championship with Georgia, being at both them games, at Mercedes-Benz, and they blared Sweet Home, Alabama. And now, Mm. you know, anytime you hear that song, I think about walking in the rain. Both times it was raining after the game. Walking back to the same parking lot. And just hearing anything, it'll take you back there. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about with sports, even, you know, at at the game or on television.
1: Yeah, I was talking to my dad today. Um, We were were talking because, man, we're going to get to this. We're going to talk about the state of college football. But one of the big schools that keeps coming up about joining the SEC is Nebraska. Everybody's talking about Nebraska. Now, everybody makes that comment where – you got to lose a championship to win one. And, and I think that's true because Florida absolutely got boat race against <laughs> Nebraska in 95. And then the following year they followed it up and finally won their first
2: national championship. No, absolutely. I remember that.
1: Now, do you remember that play with uh, Tommy Frazier when he ran around the corner and there was, like, ten Florida Gator players that were trying to tackle him and they broke it? Everybody says that was one of the greatest runs. I don't think it was a great run. I just think it was poor tackling on the
2: Gators' part. Yeah, it seemed, You know, Florida wasn't – we're going back 20 years ago. Florida never been in a game like that. No, especially getting no 60 points in Spurs. Yeah. They just kind of – a team takes on their head coach. And, you know, Spur was always flamboyant and a little cocky and arrogant. And the team takes that on. And if you have that attitude, it's hard to get punched in the mouth and recover, and you know they didn't want to be there towards the end of the game, and they kind of got showed up by it. But, but, but they did great- back, you know, like a championship team would.
1: Yeah, but I mean, they they got completely blown out that game, and then they blew out their rival Florida State the following year. That that score, I will always remember that score fifty-two to twenty. Fifty-two to twenty will always be ingrained into my brain of
2: us beating the Seminoles. Well, y'all lost in the regular season that year, yeah. right? Yeah, I think rematch- it was by, like, one point. I think it was, yeah, like, it was less than a field goal. Yeah, it was close. Then it was – I think it was uh, – it was some, somebody lost – I think it was Nebraska lost the Big 12 championship to Texas. Yeah. Or something like oh, that,
1: something crazy. yeah. Oh, Arizona State had to beat Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. You know, so th- there was, like, three games they had to go Florida's way for Florida yeah. even, to even have a chance.
2: Yeah, and then to beat Florida State to win, it made it even sweeter.
1: <laughs> so, now, I before we get into the state of college football, I, I want to talk, now, I'm a Gators fan. Right. You're, a, you're, you're a Bulldogs fan. Even though I really do think, you know, we have Florida State, but that yeah. Georgia, there's something about that Georgia-Florida rivalry, and you guys have had our number for the past three years. And I respect yeah. you guys, even though you guys have handed us our
2: ass the past three years. I got that respect for Georgia. Why is that rivalry so great? Because it means everything in the East. It means a chance to play for the SEC title which means a shot for the national title. Anytime, you know, nobody else can say that except Auburn, Alabama, uh, Alabama, LSU, then Georgia, Florida, because no other conference has that type of division. You know, Clemson don't have anybody that also is going to play for a national title. So for Florida, they know if they want to win a national title, you have to beat Georgia and vice versa. And that's why that game means everything.
1: Yeah, I mean when I was in high school, because Georgia had some down years there in the in the nineties, it was whoever won that Florida Tennessee game ended up You're winning right. the E. You right. know? So so but now that Florida Georgia game has become so important. Now let, let me ask you. So
2: do you think in your opinion, are we gonna have a college football season this year? I want to say yes with everything, but it's so hard. Even with what Sankey said yesterday with moving forward, he's pretty much saying the next step is what they're going to do, which is practice. It starts the 17th on Monday. So they're going to go through a practice and then evaluate everything, which is what the Big Ten should have done. It's hard to pull the plug when you don't know. The SEC wants to get all the uh, boxes checked off in order. Then if they can play September 26th, they're going to kick it off. And I think there's a chance they could. But, you know, it's just depending on how things go. Do they need to play in a bubble?
1: Because if you look at what the NBA, the NHL and MLS did,
2: they, it, it's, they've proved that it can be done. Right, But you can't do it with amateur players, you have to admit that they're professionals, and then that erases the whole uh, the menage, the fake mirage that they're not professional athletes, and you know the administrators are never going to do that.
1: But I mean, you could still do distance learning. If, if they, if the kids needed to go to school, you could keep them all in
2: one area and still get the schooling that they need. It can be done. Well, you could do it, but you have to treat them as regular students in class. You can't give them special treatment with, you know, uh, online learning versus going to class. They have to be treated as normal students, yeah. and that's the problem I, that they're running into.
1: I I agree. Now, while we're while we're on that topic, and I go yeah. on tangent. Do I mean there needs to be a flat rate? But do do you think? college students should get a little help when it comes to being able to eat i know they the the college football players get to they get fed and stuff but they're so busy practicing and going to school should they get at least a little bit of something with the amount of money these schools are making
2: off of these players they should at least get something for their likeness jersey sales autographs should be able to sell your autograph stuff like that which is pretty ridiculous that you can't sell your own name because you're considered an amateur so I believe they should get money for likeness, absolutely. Because, like, for
1: example, and I noticed that for the first time, like that NCAA football game. I knew that Tim Tebow was number 15 on the cover of the game. Even though they didn't have his name on the jersey, everybody knew that was Tim Tebow. So, big
2: left-handed white quarterback that could run, it was Tebow.
1: <laughs> yeah, now, all right, so could this be an opportunity? A lot of people are freaking out, saying this could be the worst thing ever for college football, and the way I look at it, you know, even though you're a Georgia fan, I'm a Florida fan, I still think the SEC is by far the best conference in college football, wouldn't you say? Oh, hands
2: down, hands down.
1: Could you see the SEC taking advantage – of this situation, because everybody everybody complains about college
2: football right now. I think yeah. this could be the change we've all wanted. Oh, we could, if it's handled correctly. Now, if it's handled correctly, this could be big. You know, there's opportunity for a players' union to form. And, you know, that scares some administrators, but it shouldn't. It could be handled right. It could lead to better things. Now, like we said, the likeness, they should get paid for that. You got players on the cover. You got billboard. You're do—you're using the players' skill set to sell tickets. They should get paid some of that. And this mm-hmm. could form into that. I don't believe what the Pac-12 wanted where they wanted, you know, coaches to take 50% pay cuts and money to go. and, You know, all that's not going to work. But you can make it work. And it could be a positive if handled the right way.
1: Did you – I saw somebody tweet out, and they wouldn't even have to – if a bunch of teams joined the SEC, they wouldn't even have to rebrand it. Somebody said the
2: Super Elite Conference. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw they were talking about adding things from the Big 12 and – Now, if you had
1: four teams – if you had four teams – any – any from any conference, what four teams, if you if you had a dream scenario, what four teams would you like to see th- join the SEC?
2: Well, of course you're going to go with Clemson and Florida no. State. You'd have to have that. You, I think them two teams you'd have to bring in. And after what transpired this week out of the Big Ten, I'd take Iowa and Nebraska because they're the only two programs that voted to keep to play football. So, yeah. obviously it matters to them. So, you'd have to reward them, bring them into the SEC.
1: Now – UCF, UCF, because that's here uh, locally, UCF, even though they would struggle, they're going to have to make a decision. At some point, because they're never going to get the respect in that conference, and no, yes, they're going to have a cut. They're they're going to have some losing seasons, but this is the
2: opportunity that they need to jump on and, and jump in on a big boy conference. But you know, their problem is going to be who's going to let them just come in to join the SEC? Has to get voted in by all the schools, and Florida don't want another Florida school in the conference. You know, Florida State's already yeah. got Miami and the ACC, so they got the SEC to themselves. You know, it's going to be hard to convince Florida to share especially when you got a team like UCF who could give Florida a run for their money. You would think in a couple of years past, absolutely. I think they could have, you know, right now, I think Mullen has picked up recruiting at Florida to a point where they could, you he know, they still can't get UCF. those
1: five stars like Kirby though. Kirby, no, well, not, I got to give you guys he, credit. Kirby, Kirby can get those five-star guys. And that's the difference. That's you know, Saban can get those five-star guys, but I will say this about Mullen. He can take those lower star recruit and get the the
2: most out of their potential. And I think that's where Mullen shines. Well, you know, the thing for Mullen he has to do was he's shown and I've been impressed but he's won the games Florida's supposed to win. You know, he had the one hiccup with Kentucky his first year. But really they beat they haven't lost to a Vanderbilt or lost to a Missouri that they shouldn't have won or shouldn't have lost you know. So he's done a good job of winning those games. But the problem what you're saying, he gets the most out of his talent. And he did that in Mississippi State, but he couldn't beat Alabama in Mississippi State. Mm. And he's going to have to eventually beat Georgia to show he, you
1: yeah.
0: know, get
2: that much. Oh, talent. he, no, I'm, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I don't like to put
1: uh, pressure. He has he has to be Georgia. Yeah, that's this absolutely what has to do. He, he has to. I mean, I know you're a Georgia fan, but if he wants to progress, he did win one more game than his first season. He's got to be
2: Georgia. That is the yes. most important game of the season for him, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. And just the same, you know, for Georgia, it's all about winning the SEC. For Florida, they can beat Georgia they get over that hump but right now you know it seemed last year would have been the year to beat Georgia because we were down on offense and it you know we we're sitting trying to be
1: We made some pretty crucial mistakes in that game though I mean we really did um yeah. Say what you want. Even though we did lose, and I know it sounds like, oh, the the losing mentality,
2: yeah.
1: I still think we gave LSU their best game of the season. We yeah. we hung with them. We hung with them for three quarters in Death Valley at night. Now, a lot of yeah, people Fort, are like uh,
2: – Auburn did it in the daytime, but, yeah, y'all hung with them at night.
1: Now, a lot of people now – and a lot of people are like, well, what's the difference at night? Explain to people that maybe not know, what is the difference between playing a night game and a day game at Death Valley, at LSU? Because these
2: people are bearded up all day. Yeah, well, Death Valley, and even, you know, a a sneaky stadium with that, Jordan-Hare in Auburn, it is sneaky loud. There's only 88,000 that uh holding that stadium. But at night, it's it's a different atmosphere. Most stadiums do it, but Death Valley, it's louder than anything you could ever imagine on the field. You can't hear. it affects your vision because your ears getting hurting after a while, yeah, so it's Death Valley at night is a whole nother. A three thirty game and a seven forty five game in LSU is like to say a night and day difference. It is a night and day difference. What's your What's your top three stadiums? Toughest places to play on the road in the SEC. In the SEC? Yeah. Well, just I'll I'll put Jordan Hare number one just because Alabama's hard to tell because they got such a good team. You but know, that's it's hard like to say. a professional stadium though. When you look yeah. at Alabama Stadium, that looks like an NFL stadium. But you don't know how much the stadium affects the game because you're going against elite team. Yeah, you know, for Auburn, I've been to Auburn where Georgia's had hands down better talent in the stadium. One hundred percent affect the game. So I would put, you know, Jordan Hare, Death Valley. Here in the last couple of years, Sanford Stadium at Georgia has made a big jump from where it used to be from the old person stadium, and they did a lot of remodeling, a lot of you know, making it more of a college atmosphere with Kirby coming in.
1: Now, now I don't remember this, ma'am. You're more of a Georgia fan, but, um, there was a couple of years there where they were working on the Gator bowl in Jacksonville. Didn't they play? They, they did a home and away, uh, in, in Georgia,
2: then in Gainesville.
1: When was the yeah. last time they did that? I think that was late nineties, early 2000.
2: Yeah. It was like 96, maybe 95. Uh, yeah, 95, 96, something to that effect. It was, uh, Kirby was at Georgia. He was playing safety when they came to Athens. That was no, yeah, Do you do, do you like the neutral game?
1: I I I I I don't know. I I would like to see what the what this
2: series would be like uh, at each other's stadiums. Well, I'd like to see the- From a recruiting aspect, you know, it'd be a great recruiting tool for Dan Mullen and Kirby Smart to bring in these elite guys at an elite game, you know, where uh, Alabama, they get the LSU game. They get the Iron Bowl to bring a recruit. Georgia don't have that. We get, you know, maybe last year we had Notre Dame game, but there's not that game every other year where you know it's an elite atmosphere. I
1: was in the hospital, and I unfortunately did not get to see that Georgia-Notre Dame game. My dad, because I, I was calling him, this was right after I tried to hurt myself on Bubba show, um, I and, and I got Baker-acted. I, w- I was in the hospital during the Georgia-Notre Dame game, and my dad said that was a pretty
2: exciting game. Yeah, it was. It was uh that's when we first kind of realized Georgia's offense wasn't quite up to what people thought it was going to be. But the atmosphere was absolutely incredible. It was a different thing that I ever noticed or ever witnessed in my life.
1: Now, do, do you have, before I let you go, any predictions, any any predictions for the college football season coming? I don't care
2: how obscure it is. Anything we need to be looking out for? Surprisingly, as a Georgia fan, of course, you know, always going to want to go with Georgia, you know, being a top team. But I look for Auburn kind of surprising people in the SEC. Really? And I Who's think they're going to be really good. He-
1: he was a young kid, right? Yeah, Bo Nick. Uh, yeah, he, he showed me a lot. He had a rough game at Florida, yeah. but he has so much
2: potential. Yeah, he's a really good quarterback. He's got – you know, Chad Morris was the offensive coordinator at Clemson before he went – was a disaster as a head coach at Arkansas. But he's the OC at Arkansas at uh, Auburn now. They got Gus still. They got a really good running back coming in. They got one good power back coming back. They got three good – their offense is going to be really good, and that could be a dangerous team in the SEC. Yeah.
1: Tell people how they can check you out, your your social media. Uh, Just plug everything you want to plug. I'm giving you uh, the podium. All
2: right, there's uh, Facebook. It's Kudzu Sports. We're live on Facebook every Sunday night at 6. And we got a YouTube that just started this week. It's Kudzu Sports. We're live on that Sunday night. There's only a handful of subscribers right now because, like I said, we just started that channel. So please go to that and subscribe. Then all social media, just search at Kudzu Sports from TikTok to uh, Instagram, Twitter, we're on it. Uh, I don't really get on it as much as I need to because we just built these sites because we flipped over from the other page to what we are now. So get on there. And like I said, if we start getting some more followers, I'll start interacting more. It's at Kudzu Sports. And like I said, it's uh, Facebook and YouTube every Sunday at six. We're on there live.
1: Well, listen. If we end up having a college football season, when we get when we get to the start of it, I mean, if you want to, I'd like to start having you on once a week because you know you would be surprised that this podcast, in about five to six months, has grown leaps and bounds. Like, I'm serious. It, it, I've got sponsors. The the averages that I'm getting on a daily basis now, it, it just it, it blows me away how much has grown.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a good show. I like how you insert clips. Uh, I heard the, from the Bubba Show when you called in the other day, and you oh yeah, yeah. In yeah. In. So you know, still got some Bubba Army that listen.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you're more than welcome if you're interested. I'd like for you to be my
2: college football guy hey, to come anytime, on and visit. I, I enjoy it. I love talking, you know, talking football, especially to a, a sports fan like yourself. And like I said, you know, the Braves, anything. I just, I love sports. NASCAR, all that stuff is just fun to do.
1: (laughs) I am, I'm, I'm getting really close. I'm, I'm working on it. Trying to get Chipper on the show. I've, I've booked him for some past radio shows, but I'd like to get him on because the guy is very opinionated and, 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 and he's good at what he does. So I, I, I would definitely like to have him on. He did hit the longest home run ever hit off of me in an alumni <laughs>
3: baseball game.
1: Dude, dude jacked me like 500 uh, feet. And he was even used in an aluminum bat. Dude brought out the wood and, and like hit it over the uh, driver's ed uh, uh, training area and <laughs> it bounced onto the street. Man, it's it's crazy good. Um, it's amazing. If he wouldn't have had those injuries, I really do think he would have got three thousand hits on five hundred home runs.
2: Yeah, and the first switch hitter, that's just amazing. You know, he's only switch yeah. hitter about three hundred in baseball, so that yep. shows you right there how amazing he is.
1: Hey, Rick, man, I really, really appreciate you coming on with me, man, and I want to do this some more because. I think you're very talented and very knowledgeable, when it comes to college football.
2: Hey, man, I appreciate it. And like I said, I'll, I'll be more than happy to join you. It's fun. been real fun.
1: Also, I can listen to you talk all day long. I love, <laughs> there's something about that Georgia accent. Everybody's like, oh, it's the South, just like, no. I don't know what the difference is, but the Georgia, I, I love it. I, I, I absolutely love the Georgia accent.
2: It's this uh, Central Georgia twang we got. There's there's <laughs> like three different languages in Georgia.
1: All right, man, have a good night, and I appreciate it. Hey, man, I appreciate you, Total
3: For today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Share, like, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast was brought to you by Total Wireless of Palm Bay, StitchUp.com, PocketBearClub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions Presents. Show voiceover services brought to you by jc JCVoiceOverservices.com. That guy's got a goddamn sexy voice. You should hire him. If you want to help support the show, paypalme Tuttle on the Radio. Comments? Concerns? You want to let Tuttle know he's being a dick? Go to Tuttle at gmail.com. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two D's.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast.
0: Hey,
1: yo, Terry, what's going on?